Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. If you're looking for a title of the message this morning, it's called While I Wait or While I Am Waiting. And what we endeavor to do this morning is use the text to have an understanding that it's our time to wait and that it's okay to be patient and wait on the Lord. And many times when we're up here as ministers and pastors, I believe some of the best messages I've ever heard is when the pastor is vulnerable and when the minister is vulnerable and they speak from a place that they're coming from. And so don't just think that I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to myself this morning. And so God has had me in a position of waiting. And sometimes I think waiting has been too long. And it's made me uncomfortable because things aren't turning out the way that I had expected them to turn out. And so God's been dealing with me on waiting. And so you're going to come along in this journey with me. We're all going to figure out how to wait. I want to tell you a story real quick. So in the UK, they did a study on waiting. They did a study on how long people in their lifetime they spent waiting. Everything from boiling water to the phone ringing. They even looked at uh, how long wives would spend on their husbands getting ready. They even looked at how long wives would spend on their how long husbands would spend on their wives getting ready. I got your back, brothers. <laughs> and what they did is they came to the discovery that the amount of time that was spent waiting was seven years. The amount of time that people spent waiting, seven years. If you look at the life expectancy of anyone in the UK, that's about 11% of their lifetime they spend waiting. If we were to look at our own lives this morning, you would say, Oh, I'm good at waiting. But if you were to look inside your own life, if I looked inside of my life, I realized that I struggled with waiting. There were things that I thought I would have by now. I thought I would be married by now. I thought I'd have the house and the car by now. I thought I'd have the six-figure job by now. I thought, I thought that I was great at waiting. There were things that I thought I should have right now that I don't. And the Lord reminded me, you better get comfortable with waiting you see when you're in com- when you get comfortable with waiting you're telling yourself well i'm comfortable with where god has me we just sang a song that says jira you are enough and i will be what content you know what being content comes from it waiting and so if you need a text for this morning mark chapter 5 verses 21 through 34 And it reads this in the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus got into the boat and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Verse 24, Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. Matter of fact, and in fact, it says she had gotten worse. Verse 27, she had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him 
through the crowd and touched his robe. Verse 28, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? Verse 32, but he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. The first place we're going to start this morning, and, and as we tell this story, we see what Jesus was on his way to do something for somebody else. Jesus was on his way to heal, deliver Jairus' daughter. I want to remind you this morning that God hasn't forgotten about you. If you need a point, God hasn't passed you up. And many times that's us as we think, oh, dang, God, you've passed me up. Why do they get the wife? Why do they get the family? Why do they get this? Lord, they're not even living for you. Why did you heal them and not me? And then we and then we curse God. God, why did you take them away from me? Why did you allow them to die? Like, and you're sitting there and you're thinking God has passed you up. I'll tell you a place where I'm coming from right now as a minister. God, my church should be full. We're doing everything that we're supposed to do. I'm doing everything right. You know where we came from. And so what we do is we open up our mouth because we have a problem with waiting. We begin to complain. And we begin to question whether or not God is who he said he is. And we begin to question the words that have withstood the time, the words that have withstood culture, the words that have withstood tragedy. We begin to question who God is because we struggle with waiting. And so I'm here to remind you this morning that God hasn't passed you up and stop complaining. Proverbs 18, 20 to 21, it says this from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of what their lips. They are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death. Let's look at Mark chapter 5, verse 25. It says this, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. The next thing we're going to, who are you taking your issues to? While you're in the process of waiting, you're bringing your issues to people who can't fix it. You're bringing your issues to people who don't even know the God you serve. You're bringing your issues to TikTok and trying to figure out what kind of sage can you use in your house. You're bringing your issues to your friends and they're telling you to use crystals. You're bringing your issues all over the place, but to the one who can fix it. And you wonder, not you, we wonder why we struggle with waiting. And you struggle with waiting and we struggle with waiting and we're wondering why things are getting worse. 
and things get worse because you take them to the person, to the people, to the things that will never satisfy. You struggle with waiting for love, so you take yourself to that woman or to that man seeking something that they cannot fulfill. But God has already told you to. And so we sit there and we wonder, we become the woman with the issue of blood in the beginning of this story. We become the person who takes our issues all over the place to everyone and everything. And our suffering continues. And I want you to understand you cannot operate within your own understanding. While you wait, you're not supposed to have an understanding, your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. So while you're waiting and you're trying to fix and you're trying to piece it together and you're trying to figure out what's going on, you're leaning on your own understanding. But all God is asking you to do is acknowledge him. Well, how can I acknowledge God if I don't wait? How can I acknowledge God if I'm not still? So we have to take our problems and our concerns and our issues to God. Now, I want to read that again. It says a woman in the crowd, she suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. And so many of us are waiting. Looks like we're exhausting resources. You're exhausting time. You're exhausting money. Because you struggle with waiting. I've been there where I've exhausted resources because I struggled with waiting. I've exhausted time because I struggle with being patient. I've spent energy on people who would not reciprocate because I struggled with waiting. And we get in a rush and we want to see God do everything right now in this moment and in this time. And we want God to move when we say he, he's supposed to move. And we treat God like he's a genie and we just. And we struggle with waiting because sometimes we're selfish. And we want things to happen when we want them to happen. And we treat God like a genie and we treat God like a microwave. Boop. This prayer was two minutes long, so I expect it to be done by now. This woman spent 12 years waiting, but she also spent 12 years exhausting. Many of us in this room were tired this morning. You're exhausted because you're struggling with the fact that God hasn't answered in the time that you've allotted him. You're struggling with the fact that God hasn't answered in the time that you, t that you have demanded that he answers. I just want to let you know this morning that God doesn't work on your demands. You're watching online this morning. I want to let you know you might need to change your prayer 
because it's not God that's wrong. It's your request that might be wrong. I'm in somebody's house this morning. I'm sorry I didn't take off my shoes. And so what does waiting look like? And I know we've been on this point for, for a while, but does waiting look like you're exhausting resources? But what, you know what God had me do is I had to figure out, okay, God, if you have me in this position of waiting, what am I supposed to do? God, I don't know, understand, I don't get it. What am I supposed to do? But while I am waiting, I am praying. While I am waiting, I am worshiping. While I am waiting, even though I don't understand it, even though I don't get it, even though God, I thought you would show up at this time. While I am waiting, I am persistent. While I, I'm always coming with the request and God's not sitting there like, Oh, here he goes again. He's sitting there like, no, come on, come on. Request it. Because while you're waiting, I'm moving. While you're waiting, I'm orchestrating. You ever been to a symphony before? It would be really bad if the symphony finished at the very beginning. But if you look at what somebody who orchestrates a symphony does, is they put it and they piece it all together. And if you wait patiently, there is a climactic moment within the music. I'm waiting for the climactic moment within my life. That's why I'm okay with waiting. So while I'm waiting, I am worshiping. While I am waiting, I am on my knees. And God, if I'm here by myself, then that's okay. God, if my wife is not with me, that's fine. God, if my kids don't understand, that's fine. But while I'm here, I am waiting. While I'm here, my hands are lifted. While I'm here, my heart is lifted. And guess what? I'm not going to stop coming to church because what the enemy wants to do is get me away from people that will wait with me. So it's okay to wait. And so I can be comfortable with waiting. While I'm waiting, I'm steadfast, unmovable, always abounding, knowing that my labor, what does my labor look like? What does my labor look like? Because it's not what? In vain. While I'm waiting, I'm finding joy. Matter of fact, while I'm waiting, I'm in joy. While I'm waiting, God is still providing. While my mother was waiting on her healing from breast cancer, she was still in this position. While my father was waiting to come about the hospital with a stroke, he was still in this position. While we wait, what are we doing? It's not about you waiting. It's about what you do while you wait. And so I know I got some kids in the house this morning. You're waiting to be accepted from colleges. You're waiting for the coach to call you and say, hey, you're on the team. Guess what? I'm here to let you know this morning. While you're waiting, worship. While you're waiting, pray. And even if God doesn't respond in the time you think he should, he always responds. And he always responds. And most of the time it's in a way that you're not expecting him to. For her to touch the hem of his garment, he's responding in a way, her faith, her faith has been responded to in a way that's unlikely. Majority of the miracles that happen in the Bible, God, Jesus does what? So when you'll get okay with waiting, you're going to get a response from God. But guess what? The end result isn't going to be like what you thought it would be like. Actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. In Lamentations, it says that God is good to those who wait. He's good to those that wait. So I might as well stay in a position 
of waiting. Okay. Mark chapter 5, verse 27. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. When God shows up, change happens. And things happen immediately. You're sitting there thinking it's taking God a long time to respond. Like I said before, he's been orchestrating. And then when change comes, it's drastic. It's immediate. It's more than what you can ask or think of. And it's according to whose power? His power. So when change happens, when Jesus shows up, when God shows up, when he manifests himself in your life, it's going to happen immediately. If you would just wait. I know, I know you feel like you're supposed to start the business right now. And I understand what, what everybody's telling you. And you know you're supposed to do this right now and that right now. But you're about to mess some stuff up in your life. I understand that you thought he was the one for you and God has revealed and shown you in the process of you waiting that he is not. But you're getting impatient and you're about to cost yourself generations. You're about to cost yourself eternity because you're about to get hooked up with the wrong woman and the wrong man. But I promise you this. I don't know who this is for this morning or maybe it's somebody watching. If you would just wait on the Lord. He'll respond. If you would just wait on the Lord, he'll respond. Now let's look at this. Mark chapter 5, verses 30. It says, Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. Verse 34, it says, and he said to her daughter, whether you wait or not, your position never changes. He always calls you son and he always calls you daughter. I just wanted to make that point very clear. So he responds and he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Now let's look at it in the amplified version. Mark chapter 5, 34. It says this, and he said to her, daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me, springing from the Father, springing from God, has restored you to health. Go into peace and be continually healed and freed from your disease. We got some diseases in here. But when God has you in the position of son and daughter, he heals. When God has you in the position of son and daughter, he delivers. And it may not come when you want it. But it'll be there on time. And so whether on time is in this life or everlasting life, it's on time. Whether he does it now or later, he still does it. I want, you to, I want you to take this home this morning. You'll never leave the waiting room. 
You'll never leave the waiting period disappointed as long as your faith is in the right position. So what is the object of your faith? Many of us in here, we're putting our faith in our job. We're putting our faith in our wife and our husband. We're putting our faith all over the place. But in the one, but not in the one who can restore, not in the one who can deliver, not in the one that can heal. If we would just take time and wait and think upon the good things that he's done for us. And so we wonder why we struggle with waiting. And we struggle with waiting because we struggle with trust. And we struggle trusting God because God hasn't answered. And once again, the time that we've demanded him to answer it. And we struggle with waiting because we struggle with unbelief. And we struggle in unbelief because we have no faith. Because for some reason we get in the valley and we forget about when God took us to the mountaintop. But we struggle with waiting. So I want to challenge you this morning. That while you wait, keep the posture. While you wait, stay in the posture of worship. Stay in the attitude of prayer. Stay in the posture of having faith. He's going to answer. At some point in time, it's going to happen. There were times where my parents' faith had never wavered and I knew that she was praying for me. I knew that he was praying for me. Everything okay? Oh, yeah, 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 everything's fine. I'm good. But they stayed in a posture of faith because sometimes you knew some stuff was going on. You knew some stuff was, but there was a posture of faith that they stood in while they waited 10 years for me to return So somebody in here, you're waiting for your kids to come back home. I'm the living testament and proof that God can do it. Just have a little faith. You don't have to have a lot of faith. The Bible doesn't say have a lot of faith. It just says have a little faith. What is the object of your faith? When you leave this morning and you open up your bank account and it doesn't look like the way you expected it to look, where is your faith? When you fall into diverse trials and temptations, where is your faith? As we read in scripture this morning, it said, you are healed because of your faith, your confidence, and not in what I could do for you, but just in who I am. I'm no longer approaching God trying to figure out, God, what more can you do for me? I'm just approaching him, thanking him for what he's already done, because even if he never did anything else, he's already done enough. If he never filled up Harvest Christian Center International, he's done enough. And so I speak from a place where I'm at right now. Because there's some things that I thought I should have by now. But now I wait in faith. Now I wait in patience. I wait in joy. That's why I can run and not be weary. And I'll walk and not faint. 
Your steps are ordered by the Lord. So why don't you just wait? You're in a place right now. Some of you are with me. You're in a place right now where you're struggling with waiting. But I'm telling you that he's orchestrating in the background. And if you know anything about the Bible, spiritual things start to happen before, the, before they start to manifest in the natural. So while I'm waiting, I might as, well go, might as well go ahead and just tap into the spirit and understand that now it's my time to wait. Today, I want it to be the reminder that you need to wait in faith and to wait patiently upon the Lord. For he shall renew your strength and he shall mount you up on wings as eagles and you'll run and not grow weary. You'll run and not grow weary. I need some people in here that are ready to run and not grow weary. I need some people in here that are ready to wait on the Lord. That you're waiting for your strength to be renewed. He's going to do it. 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 Your strength will be renewed. Joy will come in the morning. But I'll wait. I'll wait. And while I'm waiting... Having done all I can to stand, I'll stand a little bit more. Some of you in here, you're thinking your time is up. You're thinking you're running out of time. But if you would just wait. If you would just wait. Just wait. Just be patient. He's going to show up. He's going to show up. There's someone in here and you still don't believe. And that's okay. You're in the valley right now. If somebody watching online, you might be in the valley right now. And things don't look like the way they're supposed to look. But if you would just wait, if you would just be patient. God has you in a position where he's trying to use you to display his glory, but he can only do that if you wait. He's trying to use you to display the gospel. In 2 in Peter, Peter, it talks about how God looks and sends angels because they want to see the gospel performed. God wants to use you for the gospel, but he can only do that if you're in a position of waiting, if you're in a position of patience you want to know what waiting is waiting is surrender waiting is letting go of the reins and saying god listen i can't do it no more i can't take it no more i'm just gonna wait on you and whether it takes two years 12 years two months two days i'll wait and while i'm waiting god i'm not just talking all the time i'm listening and so many of us in the body of christ we struggle we're okay with waiting but 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 we 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 mess up because we don't listen and we get, into, we get into the presence of God and we do all the talking. And then when you start to do all the talking, guess what? You start to do all the complaining. You saw what happened to Moses when he began to murmur and complain with the people. Moses missed out on the promise. God has some promises in here, some things that he's promised to some people in here. And he's going to fulfill it if you would just wait. Psalms 46 verse 10, a portion of that says, be still and know that I am God. But if you would read that backwards, it says what? Know that I am God and be still. So if you would just understand that God is exactly who he said he is and that he moves when he wants to move and he does what he wants to do in the moment that he wants to do it, it's easy to stand still. So my hope and my prayer 
to you this morning is that you leave this place understanding to be still, to be patient, to wait. If the coach never calls kids, be still, wait. If the doctor never calls with a good report, be still and wait. Things don't look like the way you thought they would. Be still. Wait. Bishop said this morning, we got, you probably got some guys in prison watching this morning. Be still. And wait. And even though you might be in the valley this morning, I don't know why I feel the need to talk to somebody who's incarcerated right now. But even though you might be in the valley this morning, be still. And wait. The mother who's been praying for her kids to return back to home, return back to God, be still and wait. The person who's about to marry the wrong partner, you're about to marry the wrong wife, the wrong husband, be still and wait. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.